the Redolins 1 and 2 in the AMA motocross. We had round 1, which was super tough conditions, like rained leading up to the event, and then it started to dry out. The track looked super gnarly with the mud and ruts. I mean, it did turn out pretty good, all things considered, but it was pretty nasty. Then we had round 2, which was just a complete mud bog with bikes blowing up left and right and DNFs happening everywhere. I mean, it looked pretty tough, eh, boys, Jed? Yeah, what do you even say about that? Round Mate, 2. I, d- I don't want to be anywhere near that. Like, uh, Would you pull your bike out of the trailer? <laughs> I wouldn't I even wouldn't. show up. <laughs> no, that's it. Uh, yeah, round 1. You know, that was crazy as it was with, um, you know, they put extra sand on the track and, and that to um, extend the lap times and everything to go to round two. Like, that was just a mud fest. That was, it was crazy. Unreal racing, um, exciting times. Tomac, feet off the pegs everywhere, just swapping from rut to rut. Like, look, look at how much he was struggling. Imagine what we would have been doing. Um, I reckon Ken Roxon is sitting at home on his lounge just like, you know what? I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Like, I don't want no part of this motocross championship. For sure. Yeah. Uh, 450s, after two rounds, we've got Zach Osborne on top of the standings. Marvin Muskan's in second and Barsh is in third. Uh, Muskan's 19 points back. So, even after two rounds, Osb- Osborne's got himself a nice little buffer. And uh got to say, boys, back in the last episode, I did say I was pretty keen on Osborne's chances. So, I'm going to claim that. Plus, he's on a Husky. So, boys in white, mate. Yeah, I can't say anything about that, but we've got Yamaha on top in the 250s. No, that's true. Where's the Kawasaki's? Oh, they'll be on top soon. (laughs) Only a matter of time. You were the Supercross champs. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Osborne with those two wins. His first overall win there at round one followed it up with another overall at round two. So that's three in a row. Obviously, he's got that big win at Salt Lake City there when the Supercross finished. So he's really on a bit of a roll. Your Cowie boys, Bo. Tomac, seventh in points, 40 points back already due to that double DNF at the last round. Cincerulo, bit of speed at that last one with a 3-5. I think good things to come from him for the rest of the series. What do you reckon about AC? I think he's only going to improve. He made some rookie mistakes, I guess you'd call them, and I think he's just going to get better and more consistent. He's pretty exciting to watch, hey? He is. He's he's technically really good. What about that crash in the first round? Superman. Yeah, off yeah. the back. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I meant by rookie mistakes. <laughs> yeah. really, um, getting a bit excited. Oh. But I think he's going to be really good. You're right. I think he will too. Yeah, I think he's really going to improve yeah. as the series goes on. Any takes from the 450 class from you, Jed, other than those ones with Osborne and the Cowie boys? No, as we know, Roxon's out. Webb's got a back injury. Anderson pulled a moto win. Osborne. Um, we're only two rounds in. I don't know if you can gauge much off of that. And then Mudfest for the second round. Yeah, pretty hard to take too much from that. In the 250 class, your boy's in blue. Like I said, Dylan Ferrandis, he's on top. And he's only got a slim lead, six points over Jeremy Martin, who's in second. Alex Martin, his brother, is in third. And he's 19 points down. Um, Trial train. What about that? Man. Jeremy coming off that back in, back injury. So how he is now, sitting out the Supercross. That's one of my um, points i got here, like, so cool to see Jeremy Martin back at the top following that broken back in 2018. I mean, that's huge. That is. Yeah, it's crazy. And then to, to go with his brother, what they did on the weekend, um, yeah, troll train. We're back. Props to both of those guys. That's pretty awesome. Hunter and Jet Lawrence have had a bit of a rough start. Jet had a 6-7 at round one and then... Two DNFs. Yeah, 30-31, which is nothing much to speak about with two blown-up bikes. Hunter looks like he's... 
copped an injury with a shoulder with really, again, no results to speak of. So really sucks to see those boys out. I was hoping for big things from there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a bit unfortunate. Any takes from the 250 class from you, Bo, that, other than those guys? Not really? Not really, no. I think once the conditions clear up, like, Ferrandis is a level above at the moment on outdoors. Yeah. Is my honest opinion. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, going to be pretty hard to beat him. He looks sound. He's got a lot of speed. He's been fastest in practices and qualifyings, and it just looks like he's got to happen. And so I think he's going to be hard to beat over the course of the series. The next round we've got coming up uh, Ironman Raceway, and then I think we've got three or four more before we record the next episode. So let's see what happens in between now and then. We had three rounds of the MXGP go down this month in Latvia. Man, that track looked pretty tricky, eh? Like, really nasty. Like, it was sandy, but sort of not like those Dutch sand tracks like Lommel and that way, like those long, whooped out. You know, this was like kind of V'd out in the middle and square-edged, but still sandy, and it just looks super tough to ride. I mean, lots of mistakes. Riders going off the track and just super inconsistent finishes from, like, everybody, you know, like... I watched most of the highlights package and a few of some of the races and it wasn't like it was the same people at the front every time and the same old predictable result. And I really think the track had a lot to do with that. So that was pretty interesting to, to see the track form up, Jed. Yeah, it is. It, like, like you said, it was really V'd out. When you got 20, 30, 40 ruts to choose from, whole way across the track, all the way around the track, and the results up and down, like we started with Corolli at the start of the season. I think Hurling's got in there. Then... What's his name? Can't even pronounce his name. Yasakonis <laughs> on the Husky. Yeah. You Koldenhoff. Know, ki- ki- killing him, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just, it's, it's been an up and down season. Yeah. Um, like, I sort of was expecting Hurlings to sort of be a bit more just like, you know, gets the start and runs away from everyone, but it's been really inconsistent. So in the MXGP class, Hurlings is your current points leader, 46 points ahead of Tim Geyser in second on the factory Honda. Uh, Minas Yasakonis, if that's how you say it, I think. On the factory Husky, he's in third. And uh, the people's favourite, I reckon, well, he's my favourite anyway, Tony Caroli, he's back in fourth. And he's equal third in the points. So still in the hunt, but, I mean, 50 points back this far in is still a bit of a stretch. So, um, Bo, what did you think of the MXGPs? Have you been watching it much, mate? Yeah, I have. I've been following that a little bit more than the AMAs, actually. as In my opinion, I think they're a high level of motocross. Yeah. And the field is so deep, as you spoke about, the inconsistent results. And you see, like, when they cross the finish line, they're basically in a line back to 20th. There's no gaps. And how cool Uh, are their bikes, too? Like, all those factory bikes. Yeah, they're so sick. In that 450 class, the Aussie there is Mitch Evans. He's 12th in the points. And um, I think in those first couple, like, he was, you know, just coming around, getting used to things a bit. And at that round five, which was the last one we saw, he had a much better performance with a 10th overall. And he was just right in amongst those factory guys there. I mean, he is a factory rider at the end of the day. But, yeah, he was in between uh, Jeremy Van Horbeek and Clement DeSalle. So 10th overall, I think that's pretty respectable. I think he's going to improve as the season goes on. And um, I'm looking for, yeah, much more out of Mitch Evans. I mean, what about you, boys? Yeah, no, I'm, I feel the same, yeah. Same as Jed Beaton, you know. Um, they've all been mid Oh, middle to the front of the pack, I guess you would say, for these first few rounds. Yep. I hope we get more out of them. They yeah. can they can give so much more. We've seen it. Any thoughts on Evans, Bo? Yeah, I think he's only going to improve yeah. from coming back from recent injuries that he's had and coming back like that. I think he's only going to get better. Yeah, I do too. I think his bike's probably going to improve as the season goes on too and yep. gets a bit more time under his belt. 
like you said, Jed, um, Jed Beaton, he's yet to match those second places that he had in the opening Grand Prix, uh, which was Madeley Basin and whatever the other one was. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, his best in Latvia was a sixth. Um, he was third in the points. He slipped back to fifth, but I still think the best is yet to come from him. I, I think he probably, now that, you know, that ball's rolling, the races are happening, I, I think he'll improve. Nathan Crawford, um, 15th overall in points. He broke in and got a top 10 there with a ninth um, in the first moto at the last round we saw. So a bit of improvement from from Nathan. I think his biggest problem from what I can see is inconsistency. And look, let's be honest, he was a little bit inconsistent back here in his days in Australia as well. Um, But hopefully he can keep that thing upright and go all right. Bailey Malkowicz, 25th overall in points. His best has been a 16th in Moto1 at round five. Um, again, a little bit of inconsistencies. I, I think that track really lent itself for those guys to be a bit all over the place, which is a bit you know, disappointing, but hopefully we see those boys come good. Any thoughts on the rest of the Aussies there, boys? No, I haven't got too much. I just hope they do well. Go the Aussies. Mm, we won't know till, till you know we get more into the season, obviously. Um the tracks are just gnarly over there, so. Yeah. yeah. Bo, any thoughts yeah, on those fellas? I'm the same as Jed. I think once they get into the season and hopefully things settle down, they're sort of, the way it seems, they're thrown in the deep end. Yeah. yeah everything happening this year. It seems they're putting in the like hard a, yards. So, like, I don't think it's a lack of effort with those guys, and they are talented. I think, you know, they just got to work on those consistencies and they should get better. I did think it was a bit disappointing with Glenn Koldenhoff with his injury on that new gas gas he was looking pretty fast and he's got a bit of an injury there at the moment which sucks a bit um and i think another point that i have got written down here which is cool to see is you know yamaha showing how competitive they are in the mx2 class it's been a kdm or and husky i guess you could say kdm class forever you know like kdm have dominated that small bike class in mx2 for god 20 years it feels like and the 450 class like they've been smashing it the last what yeah, Caroli's won what however many titles in a That's row. That's right. But um, you know, even back to the one two five days, no one could beat those KDM one two fives in the early two thousands. Even like Langston was a champ on one back in the day. You know, like. Yeah. And I think it's cool to see Yamaha, you know, being more competitive now with Geertz, Renault, and Ben Watson in there. So I think that's pretty interesting. There's a few GPs coming up this month, which we'll um, quickly have a chat about at the end of the show. So we'll um, see how that goes.